Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. I'm your host, Brian Nichols, here on another fun-filled episode, continuing with uh, the the tradition, I guess, we've established here as of late, having on some guests from across the uh, the political aisles. Um, last week, we had Stephen Gutowski from the Washington Free Beacon to discuss uh, gun rights and gun control uh, myths. Uh, but this week, uh, I am joined by, uh, I would dare say, one of Liberty's uh, greatest messengers. Um, he can be found over in the Westwood One studios in sunny Southern California, Jason Stapleton from the Jason Stapleton program. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, thank you again for, for taking the time out of your, your busy day, because I know you are a very, very busy man um, out there in, in California. And a lot's been going on since you and I last spoke um, when I was over at the, the uh, Libertarian Republic Network. Um, I know last we spoke, you were in Kansas City, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a transition, man. It's been about, uh, oh, about six or eight months in the, in the works. So finally out here in California, and uh, it's, I, I, I couldn't be happier. It's been a great move. So maybe you could do me a favor here. Kind of give us a, give us a taste of what's been going on behind the scenes, what helped inspire the move from uh, your, your studios there in Kansas City out to L.A., uh, you know, what's been going on with the, the Jason Stapleton program? I know you've been adding a lot of stuff. Maybe you can just kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look and, and kind of give us your insight. Yeah, sure. No, I... I, so basically, I, my podcast focuses on politics and economics, and I was uh, I started the podcast oh three years ago or four years ago or so, and we it's been, it went really well. We 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 ramped it up, and over the course of the election in two thousand and and sixteen, and then I ended up get, I ended up leaving the company that I helped to found, and when I when I left that company, I was trying to figure out okay, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to start another company? Do I want to uh, you know what do I want to be involved with? And I said, well, I really like the podcast. Now, the podcast isn't overly profitable. It, it makes money. Like I'm not going to complain. It makes a it makes me a, a nice living, but it's not like uh, it, it's not it's not millions and millions of dollars a year. And, and so I said, well, I really like doing the podcast, but I need to I need to be able to devote more time to it if, if I'm going to make it the type of success I want it to be. And so I said, well, uh, I think I'm going to do the podcast full time. And so Westwood One had been selling my advertising for me for the last couple of years, and I went to them because my contract was up, and I said, "Hey, and I really appreciate it. You guys have been really great to me, but um, I think I can, I think I can do this cheaper without you guys, and I need to have that extra money because I want to grow this podcast, and I need every cent I have for for marketing." And to hire staff and all that stuff. And uh, the, I, I talked with uh, the head of the podcasting division. I was actually the first podcast that was ever brought on to Westwood when they started their podcasting division. And they said, no, 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 we want to keep your show. What do we have to do to, to keep your show? And I said, well, I don't know that there's anything you can do. And I was having a conversation with the head of Westwood when I was in Los Angeles uh, last, or, or I'm sorry, when I was in Los Angeles for a meeting. And so I sat down and talked with her. She said, well, what if we gave you a studio? And I said, what? Well, that's actually would be really helpful because I, I need a studio. I, my, my, my studio, when I sold, when I got rid of my company, um, when I left that company, ended up uh, the studio stayed. And so I didn't have a studio. And I said, well, that, that would be nice. She said, what else do you need? I said, well, I, I could sure use a producer. And she said, okay, what else do you need? And I said, well, it sure would be nice if I had, you know, a marketing budget. Uh, if you, if I got a producer and a studio and a marketing budget, I said that that'd be, uh, I mean, that'd be a pretty sweet deal. She said, yeah, I think we can do that. 
And so she said, we have studio space available for you. We can get you a producer. We can, we'll put together a marketing budget for your show. Uh, and she said, uh, the, only, the only catch is you got to be in Los Angeles. And so I, uh, I mulled it over. I thought about it. I, I weighed, you know, the, the cost benefit, I guess, of being here in California and, and, and moving halfway across the country. And I just said, look, if I'm going to make this, if I really believe in the show, if I want to make a go of it, if I want to turn it into something that is really phenomenal, then, then I'm going to have to take a chance. And so I did. I made the decision and came out here, and it's been a great decision. And I must say um – you know, in a lot of circumstances with such a with such a transition like you you made, uh, many people would expect to see you know a drop off in quality. But I think it's been the opposite. Uh, I think you know with the the more attention that you've had to your show, um, you know with with your daily routine, but also with the addition that you've had for the likes of of Lindsay, she's been a great addition to the show. Um, you know, I think to, I mean I'm not trying to be a fanboy here, but I think you've, your your show is at a level. Um, that it hasn't been before, and that's I think it's a good thing for your audience too, because you're really no. helping reach out to new new individuals who I don't think would have heard the message of liberty otherwise. No, that, that's really kind of you to say, and uh, I, uh, I I really appreciate that. I, every day I try and come in and, and produce the best show I can, and we produce a show five days a week, so it's every single day. And and a lot of what my show is about is is based around what's happening in the news that day. And some days have great news, and some days have terrible news. But every day we go in there, and Lindsay now, who's my producer, uh, I've asked her to come in because she's got a passion for um, for for produce or for I'm sorry for uh, for the the industry as well. She loves podcasting, and I uh, I invited her to come in and be part of the show. And every day we come in and we try and just produce the best show that we possibly can. And, and we try and promote this idea of liberty, of economic freedom, of prosperity for, for all people and try and show people based on current events how our, our philosophy on life and our philosophy on how we interact with others and in culture and, and in society is better than uh, than what you're hearing from both the left and the right, and so I, I appreciate you saying that because we're we're working hard to try and spread that message. And, and that was actually a really great segue um, because this kind of leads into the reason I wanted to have you on my show again. Because so just kind of give a premise for the Brian Nichols show uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time. Um, so really, this show it. it its goal is to reach out to people who maybe are not in the libertarian or liberty movement uh, positions, but rather are just trying to hear alternative uh, forms of messaging and to try to find where we can maybe come together and find some common goals. Now, on your show, Jason, Lindsay, she began as, I dare say, a progressive. And I know just this past week, I think it was in an episode, you you had her come on the show and say she's officially a libertarian. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... You know, with with that being said, in three weeks. That's and that's exactly what we want to see happen. Um, so I mean, you did it in three weeks. Now, the average person in the libertarian movement, I don't think, would have that success rate. So, if you could kind of give us maybe a Spark Notes version, the Jason Stapleton, uh, you know, quick, easy steps. How can you go ahead and find someone who identifies as a progressive, like you did with Lindsay? And in three weeks, let's let's maybe make it more realistic. Maybe three months, make someone uh, see the world in a different philosophical lens to the point that they're actually willing to embrace an ideology, an ideology that's essentially polar opposite than what they they had believed in the past. Well, I got I got lucky with Lindsay because Lindsay it was a progressive. 
impressive, um, but she was open-minded. So she she knew and she was will, readily willing to admit that she didn't know everything. Um, and although she did have opinions about the way the world works and the way it ought to work, she was open-minded. And one of the things I tell people is I said, you are in order for you to have influence over others, they have to be in a position to, to be willing to be influenced. So if you have somebody who is completely closed-minded and is unwilling to even discuss uh, ideas outside of their own uh, their own emotional uh, kind of limitations, then you're not going to be effective at at converting those people, no matter how hard how hard you try. The best you can do is hope through that conversation that you convert somebody who's listening, who is a little more open-minded. But if you can find someone who questions what they believe and who challenges themselves and and their own uh, their own belief, I and mean, we all came to live libertarianism in a different way, but at some point, not very few people started out as libertarians. We, we all were challenged at some point of what we believed, and we found flaws in our own logic and our own understanding, and that led to us changing our philosophy. And so I was lucky first that Lindsay was open-minded enough to at least consider other ideas. And then the second thing that I do is I always try and get whoever I want to convert or I want to convince or or I guess who I want to – I talk about winning converts. But anybody I want to convince of my argument and li the value of libertarianism is I ask them to at least agree in principle with me on the idea that we shouldn't hurt people and we shouldn't take their stuff. Because as a core tenant of libertarianism. Matt Kibbe wrote a book called, with that very title, Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff. Every, but every decent human being in the world will agree that you shouldn't hurt people and you shouldn't take their stuff. Now, understanding and living out what that means is something different. But if you can get someone to admit that, then you have, then you have found common ground to align yourself with them. And then it's just a matter of talking about issues and talking, talking about topics as it relates to, hey, we're not going to hurt people and we're not going to take their stuff. And so what I did with Lindsay was, Lindsay sat with me every day and I talked about the news. And I talked about libertarianism and these ideas of limited government, individualism, peace, tolerance, free markets. Some of those things progressives love. They love the peace and the tolerance part. Uh, you know, the, the rest of the stuff they kind of question. And so we talked about the news and we talked about economics and I took the time to explain why things work the way they do. And because I had somebody who was both open-minded and somebody that I didn't criticize for her views, I simply asked questions. So if she disagreed with me on something, I would just ask her why and discuss what her ideas were. Because the great thing about being a libertarian, the great things about, about this idea of, of liberty is that we have the high ground. We have the moral high ground. We have the intellectual high ground. We don't have to, we don't have to yell or scream or, or argue. Are, we have the truth on our side. And so all we simply have to do is relay the information. And so I like to communicate with people who disagree with me by simply asking them to explain their position and then asking them questions uh, related to that. And what you'll find is that most people, because libertarianism is so ideologically rooted in, in morality, because it, it really is. Libertarianism at its core is rooted in morality. And what I mean by that is uh, morality is really nothing more than property rights. So if you want to ask yourself, well, why is murder wrong, right? Why is rape wrong? Why is theft wrong, right? We call them immoral. Why are they immoral? Well, they're immoral because they violate someone's property rights. You own your body. 
You know, that's why somebody can't beat you up or take advantage of you sexually. You own your, your property. That's why people can't steal from you. Those things are immoral, not because of some sort of religious or, or philosophical idea. They are that way because it's a violation of someone's property rights. And so when you understand that you have the moral high ground, that you have the, the moral argument locked down, now it's just a matter of showing other people how they're being inconsistent in their ideology. And you, when you allow them to realize that on their own, it changes everything. When you stop berating people and trying to convince them that they're wrong and simply allow them to discover it on their own, it makes all the difference in the world. And I think that's a really good point. And I think this is for, for libertarians in general is that, you know, yes, we, we have these, these token phrases like taxation is theft. And, and you know, yes, at the very at the very crux of our, our positioning, that's true. But when you say that to an average person, um, it it doesn't ring true to them because it's it's just it's so beyond the scope of what they have, what they've accepted to be reality based on what they've been taught, their their personal experiences. But as you just said, when you break it down to the the fundamental moral basis, so um, actually I talked about this on a podcast yesterday uh, that I was asked to be a guest on, um, basically saying you know because somebody democratically is, is uh, saying we should take your money and then distribute it as we see fit, that doesn't make it moral. Um, so I think that's a really good point that you make with regards to actually trying to influence people in, in a manner that uh, it, it's easy for them to digest because it does really, it touches at the morality of, of who we are as people. Now, with that being said, I did want to kind of turn the question a little bit towards libertarianism as a movement versus the the libertarian party as a whole um now i had dean clancy he's a former white house policy advisor on uh back about a couple months ago and uh, we discussed this in depth with regards to <clears throat> does he look at the libertarian party as a true party to accomplish um libertarian goals or or is it something more so to be a a check and balance if you will to the democratic and republican parties um so what would your perspective be, Jason, when you look at promoting libertarianism um, or just the liberty movement in general? What's the best means to do? Is it through just you know what we're doing, doing these these educational sessions and just trying to help, as you put, you know, make converts, or is it to actually go use a libertarian party to elect liberty-minded uh, candidates that route? Um, uh, ask me that. Sorry, ask me that question again. Yeah. So. I, I'm so like let's let's say for instance here we are the libertarian party in 20 2018 um we're going towards the 2018 elections the libertarian party has had its own issues with regards to marketing and messaging and and i mean at the end of the day the libertarian party's goal is to elect libertarian candidates um but they up to this point have been rapidly uh, unsuccessful at doing that but when you have movements like, so for instance, your podcast, where you have, I think it's 40,000 plus listeners a day, um, you know, is, is what we're doing in terms of helping promote liberty a better solution than what the Libertarian Party as a national political party has been able to accomplish? Um, oh, yeah, w without a doubt. Okay. No, without a doubt. And, and I'm, I'm very harsh on the Libertarian Party. So before I berate them, let me just say that there are people inside the LP that are really working hard to try and fix the problems that exist there. Uh, they're just working at a deficit. So it's it's very, very difficult for them. But um, I, I don't want to for for those of you who are who are who are drinking my Kool-Aid and who kind of understand where I'm coming from, 
and if you're inside the LP, just understand that I understand how hard you're working and I appreciate the fact that you're there uh, doing a, a really thankless job. And uh, and I, I don't include you in I don't include you in this discussion. But the, the Libertarian Party has been wholly and completely ineffective, both at winning political elections and also at convincing people of the value of libertarianism. Now, guys like myself, guys like Dave Smith and, and Tom Woods and Mark Clare and Brian McWilliams, um, you I mean, we, we are doing the job that the Libertarian Party really should be doing because they haven't built themselves up to a point where they can even win elections. They've built themselves up to a point where they can sometimes, if they're lucky, if the wind's blowing the right direction on election day, they might be able to scoop two or three percent of the vote. Now, that's after 40 years of trying. If you've spent 40 years trying to build a political party and the best you can do in a national election is three percent, you've got problems. Now, if you want the truth of it, they should be spending more time trying to convince people of the value of the ideas than trying to uh, trying to win political elections at this point because they're not effective. And right now they're not effective at either one. And so my position has always been my idea is to explain why our ideas are better so that I can win converts. I'm not interested in winning arguments. And I don't much care about about who wins political elections as long as they hold liberty as a primary political value. As long as they are as long as they are predisposed to always look for creating more liberty, not less. I don't really care what party you're from. And so I I don't I'm not part of the Libertarian Party. I I I wouldn't join at this point because I don't want my name associated with it. But I think that if you want to look at just in the last few years how many of us have grown massive podcast followings and, and have been instrumental in spreading the message of liberty and libertarianism to the world, it, it dwarfs any sort of value that the Libertarian Party has brought to the table. And so if the, Liber if the, LP, was, if the LP knew what they were doing, so if, if I was in the LP's position and I saw guys like me and Tom Woods and 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 uh, Dave Smith and I mean, all these guys who are building these large podcast followings, and I was like, man, these guys are doing a really good job of like spreading the message and convincing people to to come on board and give them money and do all kinds of stuff. The very first thing I do is get on the phone and say, hey, let me fly you guys out here. I want to put you guys in a room. I want to hear about how you are communicating the message and what you are doing to grow your audiences and spread this word because whatever you're doing is a lot more effective than what we're doing. So let, let me let, let's pick your brain. They've never called. They've never reached out. They've never asked me about any of it. And I I would have I, during the last election I would have volunteered my time um, to the LP to try at least to help guide them in what they wanted to do. And they just, they never have, they're arrogant and they have their own ideas about what needs to happen and the leadership there needs to change. And that's really, that's all I got. And I mean, you, uh, you were even willing to bring on Nick Sarwark, um, who was a chairman of the libertarian, uh, party and, and God bless him. He, he had the, the, uh, the courage to actually come on your show um, I, I think you took him to the woodshed, and rightfully so, with regards to the, the marketing efforts that have been done, or lack thereof, by the Libertarian Party, be it um, their, their tacit endorsement of North Korea uh, as a, a beacon of freedom in one of their posts. Um, yeah, they're, they're idiots. They're, they're just, it, it blows they my step mind. in it all the time, man. They step in it all the time. They, t they pick the worst possible 
possible issues to uh, to you know to to go after, and they're 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 tough when they don't need to be, and they're soft when they should be tough. It's it's like you know they're out there calling the, the calling the military uh, a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of murderers. And then they're aligning themselves with North Korea. They're saying Hillary Clinton isn't all that bad. You know, this type of stuff is is it, you you scratch your head and you go, how inconsistent can you possibly be? And yet those people still remain as the heads of the Libertarian Party. I mean, I I think that San Diego is having their their Libertarian convention, uh, their state convention, and I believe that while Bill Weld is going to be speaking there, I might have to check that to be sure, but I thought I saw him on the list. And I'm like, we're still bringing Bill Weld around? (laughs) It's beyond me. I don't understand it. And so if I was the Libertarian Party, if I wanted to grow the message of liberty, I would be looking around at other people who were being really successful at it, and I would ask them for help. And because that's when I when I started my podcast, that's what I did. I went out and looked for successful people and I modeled my show after a combination of very successful, uh, very successful radio uh, voices. And I just did it with a libertarian message and they haven't done anything. And I I was going to say, so that leads to my question that I have to you. And I just want to hear because you. I think you'll have a very interesting perspective as to what the solution will be. Um, So. The, the common answer I hear, be it, be it from when Nick was on your show, um, or I've had you know, me- various members of the Libertarian Party on my show, uh, and just in my, my day-to-day interactions, be it on social media uh, or the likes with Libertarian Party members, uh, I get told, it seems to be like this, this calculated response. It's, well, if you really want the Libertarian Party to change, then then go inside from the inside of the Libertarian Party, become a, a local delegate, and, and go to the convention, and then vote for, for whoever you want to be your leadership. And at this point, I just I feel it's a lost cause, uh, because if you look at the people who are delegates, it's it's the keyboard warriors that... I, I just feel that at this point in time, they're so ingrained within their echo chambers outside of the, the, the real world, to be quite honest, that... They're not focused so much on winning elections or spreading a message, but more so just trying to to stroke their own confirmation biases. Well, that that may be true. See, here's the thing. You don't win national elections until you've won local city council races. So it's not sexy to want to win a mayoral race in in Poughkeepsie. But that's critical if you want to build the base that's ultimately going to give you a platform on a national stage. Now, instead of instead of really focusing, and, I, and I, truthfully, I don't know the inner workings of the LP, so they may be working on this unbeknownst to me. But it would seem as though they were spending an inordinate amount of time and money trying to build a national presence, get on the ballot in all 50 states, rather than working on winning very winning small elections in city council and and uh, and sheriff's races and things like that in in local communities it would seem to me that that would be a more effective way especially over time if you're building a party for the long term uh, in building that base so that people so the local people recognize what a libertarian is and recognize that there is a third party and that that third party gains um, gains relevance through People seeing their name and seeing and seeing them on city council and and seeing them in the in a mayor a mayor's position or in a state legislature, and the fact is, they just don't. It would seem as though they don't spend a lot of time on that. I could be wrong, but uh, that's the way you build 
a national brand is you, you niche down. You start out local, you, you niche down as, as tight as you can, and then you build. Once you have that base, it's easy to have a candidate in, in a national stage if you have candidates all and up and down the, all up and down the chain to help support you. If you don't have that, then you're just out there twisting in the wind. So tomorrow, Jason Stapleton runs for Congress. What party would you go with? I know, I mean, Congressman Stapleton has a nice ring to it. Just saying, um, yeah. <laughs> but what what party would you would you feel comfortable putting uh, the their first letter there next to your name? Oh well, if I was going to run, if I was going to run for Congress, uh, it would simply be a matter of just uh, assuming whatever whatever name got me there. So my, my my ideology wouldn't change. My my opinions about what's right and what's wrong wouldn't change based on the uh, based on whether I ran as a Republican or a Democrat. I think at the end of the day, I'd probably want to run as a Republican because they are their platform is more small government. Now they don't they don't they don't govern that way. But the people who vote for Republicans tend to be more small government, more leave us alone type of people than the Democrats. So I would most likely run as a Republican if I was going to do it, because uh, there's a chance if I ran in the right place at the right time, I would uh, I'd have a chance to, you know, to, to get elected. And, and if you're going to run, the goal is to get elected. It's not it's not to run for the sake of running. And I think that's one of the reasons the LP can't get any good people to run for political office. Number one, they don't have the infrastructure set up to tell a guy to shave his man bun off and sh and, and wash his face, shave his face if he's going to run for political office. Um, but uh, they, they don't have that together. But the second thing is that's really their their talent pool is weak. Because anybody who really wants to get elected and stands a cold chance in hell of getting elected is going to run as a Republican or a Democrat. They're, they're not going to run as a Libertarian. Which I think speaks to a lot why Austin Peterson left um, this past year. That's well, exactly why he left. He wanted to be in political office. He wanted, he wanted to win. And he knew he, 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 he ran as a Libertarian for president. He built kind of a – he built an understanding of how a, a campaign should be run. He put the pieces in place. And then he got done with that and he said, okay, what, what am I going to do now? I, I now have kind of this machine that I've built and the connections I've made. I kind of know how it works now. What do I do? And he said, well, I want to make a difference. I want to go to Congress. And uh, and so I'm going to run in a, as a Republican because that's the only way I stand a cold chance in hell of winning. So uh, I know you're, you're, we're getting short in time here, Jason. And again, I really do appreciate you taking the chance to, uh, to join us here today. Um, at this point, I really wanted to give the, the platform to you here to, to kind of, you know, to, I guess, reach out to people maybe who are listening to my show and for whatever reason haven't heard of the Jason Stapleton program. You know, what's what's your uh, modus operandi? What what brings people to your movement? What makes you tick every day to go out and, and do what you do and to, to spread the message of liberty? Yeah, I, I just I've always had a, a belief that in personal responsibility. And even before I was a libertarian, it was something that I, I really believed in, that, that we are responsible for where we are in life. So if you're not happy with where you are, the very first thing that you need to do is admit that it's your fault, that you're there. Uh, and and admit that you, and understand that you have the power to change it, whatever it is, whether it's relationship, it's family, whether it's business or, or money, uh, health, whatever it is that you're not happy with about your life, it's your fault that you're there. And you are the one who can change it. And so if we understand this idea of, of self-ownership, of individualism, and we understand that with that comes a, a requirement that we be, um, be self-sufficient, 
that we be independent. Uh, and then, uh, then we have to figure out how to do that. And so what I try and do is I try and take five basic principles of liberty. And these are the principles that I think create more wealth and more opportunity for more people uh, than any other principles alive or ever created, right? And they are limited government, individualism, peace, tolerance, and free markets. And I think when we follow a doctrine that seeks more, a more limited government, um, focuses on individualism, peace and tolerance, and advocates for freer markets, everybody's life improves. Well, on the flip side of that coin, as we move into, as we move closer towards statism, as we move closer towards totalitarianism, everyone's life gets worse. And so I have always been of the, of the opinion that we should be following that. And having been a currency trader for many, many years, I focused on international finance and understanding how banks, central banking works. And all this stuff was, was stuff I learned over the years as a currency trader. And I said, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of stuff that people don't really understand about what's happening in the world around them. And the talking heads and media don't understand it. That's why they went to journalism school. They don't have economics degrees. And the people that they're bringing on to talk about economics are no better qualified than uh, than the host themselves, it would seem at times. And so I said, I want to start a show that teaches people why freedom and limited government and individualism create wealth. And so every single day I come on the show and we take a look at the news and we take a look at the economic news, both here in the United States and around the world. And I try and use the news to teach economic and political opinions and philosophy. And I show them why things work the way they work. And I try and help people understand the world that they're living in so that they can make better decisions. Ultimately, it's not enough for me to come in and for everybody to kind of nod their head and say, oh, yeah, Jason, you're so right. Oh, it's amazing. I, I just can't believe you're so articulate. It's so great having you around. You're just a voice uh, just telling it like it is. You know, I, 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 that's not enough. Right. You need to do something with that information. If, if what I'm teaching you isn't improving your life, then I'm not doing my job. And so you'll hear on my show, a, a lot of my show, I'll just go off on, on a tangent and we'll talk about personal, uh, personal growth. Because I really think that these ideas, w these five principles are a life philosophy to me. It's not a political philosophy. It's not an economic philosophy. It's a life philosophy. I believe in it. And so I think it's a philosophy that improves every aspect of your life if you'll let it. And so I try and use my show as a platform to show how if we follow this plan, not only will your life improve, but your neighbor's life will improve. And the guy down the street who's having a hard time financially, his life will improve. That everyone's, all ships will rise when we follow a philosophy that promotes liberty instead of tyranny. So Jason, last time we spoke to you, uh, you were you were having a little bit of scheduling issues because you were uh, you were flying off. It seemed like every other week to go film a TV show, and I know that that the time is coming. I think that that show is going to be be airing soon. Got any details for us that maybe we can uh, get excited to, to tune in at some point in time to see Jason Stapleton <laughs> on, on TV? Yeah, no that that was a that is a that was a nightmare of a, of a shooting schedule. You're right, <laughs> I was gone. They, I I did get a call. About a year ago, they asked me if I would do a TV show um, that was unrelated to, to Liberty, by the way. It's a it's a I can't really I'm under con, I'm contractually obligated to not talk about the show until it's out. So I can't really tell you what it's about, but I can tell you that um, I 
and I haven't really seen much of it. So I, I filmed it, but you never really know what they're, what they're creating in the background. So <laughs> the edit could come out completely different than I expect. But uh, from what I understand in talking to the producers, they really love the show. And uh, and a lot of I've talked to some independent people who have seen it and, and they see, they seem to like it, too. It's scheduled to come out in early May, I'm told. So once it comes out, I'll tell everybody about it and, and we'll promote it and you guys can go watch it. But it's on History Channel. I can tell you that. And uh, I think it's a cool story. So it's a it's kind of a reality documentary and it's a really cool story. And uh, and I just had a lot of fun working on it. I worked on it with a guy named Travis Taylor, who's been on a, a few different shows. He's a he's an actual rocket scientist. He's one of the smartest guys I have ever met in my life. He sounds like a complete backwoods hillbilly when you talk to him, but he is just wicked smart with a great sense of humor. And we just had a blast working on the show. So it took a lot of my life away and uh, and it dist distracted from the show and my, my core mission. But I think if the show ends up being what I hope it is, that it'll, it'll raise my profile and it'll send people back to the podcast and hopefully – We'll get some new converts out of that. We'll get some some new people signing on to this idea of of, uh, of the five principles that I talk about. So early May, man, that's that's the short of it. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate you uh, taking the time here, Jason, to uh, to hop on. Um, you know, having you be able to to spread the message of liberty. Um, you know, I, th I think we're in good hands with an advocate like you. Um, and and where can people go ahead and find you uh, on social media? Uh, JasonStapleton.com is the website. Uh, at Jason underscore Stapleton is the Twitter handle. And I imagine if you dug around, you'd find my Facebook and stuff. And you have a private Facebook group we have, uh, JasonStapleton.com forward slash Facebook. That will take you there. So those are the main places. But uh, just listen to the podcast. Give it a listen. Tell me what you think. And uh, appreciate you all being there. Awesome. And uh, to, uh, to follow after Jason there, you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at Liberty. And uh, feel free to go ahead and subscribe to The Brian Nichols Show on iTunes. Be sure to rate and review the show. And as always, please feel free to, uh, to share the show uh, with your friends and family. Uh, and at the end of the day, also, please go to patreon.com uh, at Liberty. And if you want, become a monthly subscriber. Uh, every little donation helps. Uh, you know, we're not asking for charity, but we're definitely appreciative of uh, anyone who can take a little bit of time, a little bit of uh, effort there to help us promote this message of liberty going forward. But Jason, thank you so much, man, for for joining us this week. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. All right, well, folks, until next week, it's Brian Nichols here, joined by Jason Stapleton on the, uh, the Brian Nichols Show. We'll talk to you next week.